Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. This week we've got a great speaker. Hope you enjoy it. Okay. Let's try that again, okay? So come on, a bit of uh, enthusiasm, a bit of noise. Give it up for Stephen Payton. Come on. That's better. Keeping you waiting, guys, there. How is everyone? Good, good. Um, I'm going to bring a message today, but for the first 10 minutes or so, we are going to hijack the Vine Church. That is Synergy, of course. And we're going to give some feedback on Rock Nations and the um, Synergy in general. Um, so I'm kind of combining two things together. So the pressure is on. Um, but not as much as this local preacher who asked his church for a pay rise and the church council met together and said that they agreed that they, could not, they would not give this preacher um, the pay rise for the following year. So the chair of the council met with the preacher and said, I'm sorry, but as a board we've decided against giving you this pay rise. And the preacher was gutted and he said, but you must, I'm a poor preacher. And he said, I know, we'll listen to you every Sunday. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try better. Um, <laughs> so, can we start the music up the back, guys? What we're going to do, this is massive for Synergy, because we've been to Rock Nations, I'm guessing, probably 15 years or so. And this is the first year that we've went down with our own branded clothing. And we thought that this was just too good to, for you guys to miss out. And rather than me stand up in a t-shirt, I thought it would be best if the team did their best to come on here and show you their merch. So can we start that music please guys? We'll need a bit of encouragement because we've been planning this all weekend. And the guys have been getting a little bit nervous and confused about what's going to happen. So, they're going to make a fool of themselves, basically. That's what's going to happen. I'm only kidding. Depends on how good their dance moves are. So, we turn the music up just a wee wee fraction. We don't want to play it too loud. But, and let's put our hands together and welcome the Synergy team who's going to come out one of these doors with their merch. Give it up for Synergy. Check it out. There we go. Awesome. Rose, give us a twirl. Amelia, give us a twirl. Zara, let's see your moves. <laughs> awesome. Clara, let's see what you've got for us. A wee twirl. Ah, oh, check the moves out. I could not have done that. Nico, no pressure. Let's give us a twirl. He's doing big fish, wee fish, classic. The music's still going, keep going. David, let's see a twirl. Amazing. They turn the music up a fraction, guys. Mel, let's see your moves. Any Irish dancing there for us today? <laughs> Becky, save the best for last. Awesome. Guys, look at our clothing. Synergy Youth has its own merch. Amazing. Give it up for these guys. Awesome. We've got verses. 
Ezekiel 3710, we've got logos down the sleeve, we've got bright colours, David what you got? Verse as well, awesome, amazing, synergies, um, first year of merch, what do you think? Awesome, thank you guys, awesome, you're dismissed, super, thanks Lewis. awesome. That is available by the way, if you want to buy some merch, don't feel that you have to miss out on that opportunity. We've got hoodies of all different colours and um, t-shirts, etc. So, I'm going to invite somebody up in just a minute, um, but Rock Nations is a youth conference that takes place down in Bradford. It's a three-day conference. Generally how it works is the first day they preach a, a gospel message and they do an altar call. And we were used to seeing two, three hundred teenagers getting saved on that first night, which is massive. Um, the next two nights of the event are basically designed to then reinforce that gospel message um, and specifically cover topics like how our heart is with God and um, just keeping a good solid foundation and not straying away from the truth and the gospel message. So we're there for three days. Um, I would like to take this moment just to really highlight the amount of hours that go into setting this up. Now, Zara is paid as a youth pastor in the church. She get, she works two days a week, but she probably does about 100 hours a week uh, or, or in a month or whatever. She's never off her laptop, never off her phone, always organizing, pushing something, promoting it, helping parents. The hours that the team put in not just Sarah, Becky and Rose as well. It's, it's endless um, input. It's, we actually start planning, believe it or not, we start planning Rock Nations in January, and the event is in August. It just takes so much for us to raise awareness, to get, get the guys um, fired up for it. Um, there's obviously the practical element, but we want our youth to go down spiritually hungry as well. Um, so there's so much goes into it. So you and Mel, Rose, Becky and Zara, I think deserve a massive round of applause right now. It's not a one-off event. Like I say, it's gone back probably over 15 years. Um, these guys have served and given up. The, the guys who are employed elsewhere give up their holidays to go there. It's a massive um, input and sacrifice and commitment. Um, and when we were down there this year, they, they highlighted that the importance of youth work and they said that it takes on average five to six encounters with God for a person to develop a deep foundation and to not fall away from the faith. Five to six encounters. So I'm going to invite Emily Meek up if she's got a wee second. Give her a huge round of applause. And I really just want to honor her as well as ask her for some feedback because Emily has been six times to Rock Nations. Emily um, doesn't come from a Christian background, so her input and her faith and her encouragement and support comes from all of you guys. And she's been six times to Rock Nations. That was her last one because she's going to be some um, a, a psychologist at university. Um, so she's going all out and studies and, and our path may alter, who knows, but what's important for us is that we, we, we're always gutted when our youth leave, but we just try and give them the very best so when they do leave, they've got a strong foundation. So 
just in a, a couple of minutes, no pressure to um, just basically give us some feedback on and how Rock Nations has impacted you over the years. Um, so for me personally, um, obviously because I've not got like a Christian background, my parents aren't Christians and stuff, the first Rock Nations for me was like just a big change and I think it was something that really like changed my perspective and it made me more like motivated when I came home to like, I don't know, like with my parents and stuff, I was just like feeling like I could speak to them more about it and I was trying to like tell them what I learned but obviously because they're not used to that it was really hard to come through with them so I kind of was just like left it but after like these six years of coming I've realized that like I can show them what God has done in my life just through myself and how I act and how I speak and my attitude towards things and stuff and I think like through the years they've seen that big change in me and they've seen like how much I've grown and how much I've changed and stuff like that and they know that it's like impact me in a good way and I know that soon they'll be in this church too and they'll be sitting in the seats with me you know and like um, and I think one of the main things that I like kind of learned from Rock Nations is that God's always got a plan even when you're not sure in your direction like I came to this Rock Nations in August and I was like oh well God I think maybe you should like give me advice on this and this and this and I had a list in my head and then when I left, I realized that God had done work on things that I had no idea I even needed, like, listening to, you know. And I felt like that joy has just come straight back into me again. And it's just like every year I've just grown so much and he's just changed me in so much in so many different ways. And, like, one of the main things that I think I took from this year was that God's got a calling for everybody in your life and if he's put something in your heart he's going to like provide it for you and give it to you and it's not a race if he's put it in your heart you're going to get it and you've just have that patience and you just need to keep trusting him because everything happens for reason and his timing is perfect and I know with like exams and stress I was so unsure in like my direction and what I was going to do but I know that he's put this calling on my life and it doesn't matter how long it takes me to get there I will get there and through him I'm going to get there and so yeah I just I don't know just loads of things Superb Thank you Emily So good of you to come up and share The truth is probably about 75% of our youth come from backgrounds that are not in the Christian faith so um, Emily's a fine example, a great role model, um, and we, we sent, sent some of our youth off on Friday, it was our last Friday because they're moving on to uni, and I said there's two things, um, there's the pressure's on you for two reasons, one, because your soul depends on it, we need you to stay on fire and, and keep your faith and press on and not get entangled in the ways of the world, but secondly, it was because the next generation depends on these guys to, to remain faithful, to keep that fire burning, to push on and to seek God so that they can be role models and examples to those before. And it's the same for each one of us sitting in our seats today that you actually have the same incredible responsibility that there's people looking up to you, uh, looking to you for advice and, and watching you and monitoring you and seeing how you handle situations. It's such a great responsibility so um, we're super excited for our youth moving on what Emily shared there kind of ties up really nicely with what we're speaking about today and I had not told her what I was speaking about 
Um, but the, the, the sermon that we're going to speak about today is um, Garden Your Heart. Um, sorry, oh my goodness, sorry. I've, read, I've just missed one thing out. Thanks, sir. See? The Rock Nations video, of course. How could I miss the Rock Nations video? Sorry, guys, sorry. We'll backtrack, but could you play the video? This is the highlights from Rock Nation, um, and you'll get a chance to see exactly how much chaos we endure for three days.
Awesome. Just a snippet off Rock Nations. Um, Rana Mitchell put that together herself. Let's give it up for Rana for the video as well. Superb. Good stuff. Yeah. So have you any idea what I'm going to speak about today? <laughs> Guard your heart, of course. Introduced it a little bit too early. I'm just going to take a short period to speak on the subject. The reason um, that I've chosen to speak on this topic, um, normally when you preach, you maybe put three or four weeks of preparation into a sermon and let God speak to you over that period of time. Uh, This one's been a little bit different for me. I've actually lived this one out for 18 months, personally. Um, I've had some struggles and issues. We all do. We all get it. Um, But... It's kind of led me to this place where we talk about encounters with God. When I drove to Bradford on the Thursday for Rock Nations, I honestly literally had tears streaming down my eyes the full way. Um, luckily I had sunglasses on, so none of the girls in the car seen. Um, but yeah, just God really started to um, do some stuff in me personally, lift some stuff off me and um, sort them out in some other areas and that's kind of where this sermon really became a sermon um, and like I say lived out over the last 18 months so some of the stuff I'm speaking about is stuff that I've been dealing with myself and, and I had to overcome um, and I know that if I, I'm going through it the most likelihood is other believers and Christians are struggling with similar things so uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 4 verse 23 that we have to guard our hearts above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Um, It's not uncommon for somebody to tell you when you're going through a sticky patch or you're having some work with an uh, some hard work with an individual, possibly at work or in family, and somebody will say, "Just keep your heart right." And it's it's such a good thing, good advice to give. But what does it mean? Um, And to really understand what it means to guard your heart we have to follow on in Proverbs 4, right through to verse 27. So the full scripture is, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path and don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. That's the full verse that, uh, that ties in with guarding your heart. So the keys and the secrets are in there, and we're going to look into them. But when the writer Solomon is referring to the heart, what he's specifically meaning is the inner core of a person, the thoughts, your feelings, your desires, your will, and the choices that, you, that each of us make. That's what he means when, when we're speaking of the heart. It's the core the thoughts, the feelings, the desires, and the will. Um, and the Bible tells us that our thoughts will dictate who we become. Uh, the mind of a man reflects who he really is, not simply with actions or words. Um, and that's why God examines the heart. It says in the verse that God looks for the heart, not the outward appearance that man looks for. God's searching our heart because that's um, it shows where we're at and how, how, we're, how we're doing and how we're thinking and where our faith is, etc. So the first thing it says with guarding our heart, following from that, it says avoid all perverse talk, stay away from corrupt speech. I think there may be a slide for that. 
Um, so I'm going to use the human heart and relate it spiritually. Um, but you've heard of heart murmurs. Um, they are abnormal flow patterns due to faulty heart valves. Um, and they act as doors to prevent the blood flowing backwards into your heart. Um, and spiritual heart murmurs occur when us as believers allow ourselves to become engaged in complaining and gossip and disputes and in contention. So we've probably all been guilty of that at some point. I know I have. Uh, maybe even specifically, you could probably pinpoint it or you could say this year, yeah, okay, do you know what? I have allowed myself to be a bit of a complainer, gossip, and get involved in disputes, etc. Um, but believers, as believers, were instructed many times to avoid grumbling, murmuring, and complaining. Um, you can look at verses in Exodus, John, and Philippians in your own time. Um, what happens when we start doing these things is we shift our focus away from God's plans, His purposes, uh, and blessings, and we, we basically develop a, a lack of faith. Um, and again, the Bible says that the only way that we can please God is with our faith. Without faith, we just can't. It's impossible to please Him. So allowing ourselves to become up in complaining, gossip, and disputes, etc., we are substituting that um, for the plans, purposes, and the blessings that God has for us. So it uh, really is a, a choice in our minds to make. Um, we'll, we'll go through some other stuff that might help us with that um, as well. So um, we're instructed to strive for contentment in all things. And Aaron's mentioned that this morning and we were praying this morning. That was the, the essence of Aaron's prayer was that um, it doesn't matter what's going on, we're instructed um, to be content in these circumstances. Uh, so the next thing I would like to speak about is congestive heart failure. I have no idea medically all these things, so the power of Google searches. Um, <laughs> so what, it's the inability of the heart to success, successfully pump blood through the body due to weakness within its walls. Congestive heart failure can result from high blood pressure, heart attacks, and abnormal enlargement of the heart. So the spiritual equivalents are anger, pride, and giving in to temptation. And anger acts like a poison on the body, both physically and spiritually, and it makes believers more vulnerable to give in to the temptation to hurt others with their actions and with their words. Ephesians tells us to get rid of all bitterness, all rage, all anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. That's Ephesians 4, 31 to 32. Um, so, it's good for us to have these moments with God um, to spend some time alone and let him speak to us and um, highlight if we've got any of these things taking place within us um, that could be affecting our faith and, um, and really restricting or damaging the calling that God has on your life um, as well. So uh, moving on, it says after that, it says in Proverbs 25, look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. 
So this is where your Bible comes into play. I don't know what your Bible reading is like. Um, I know it's very easy to neglect reading our Bibles. It's very easy to be caught up in the busyness of life and uh, the, the chaos of raising kids. And sometimes by the time you get them to bed, you find just I, I, all this week straight up, I found myself sleeping in a cot from 7 till about 11 o'clock at night. Uh, no wonder I've got a sore back. I like, take my daughter to bed and I'm asleep before her. <laughs> And um, and you wake up, you're like, oh, frustrated because the night's passed and, uh, you know, sometimes you, you maybe plan that opportunity to spend some time reading your Bible. So I, I get it. We understand what life is like and how complicated sometimes it can be and just getting that treasured time alone to read your Bible and in, in the presence of God with some worship can be actually quite hard. So this sermon is not to condemn or make anyone feel bad. It's to encourage and to help. And if you're in a season off where it's difficult and a struggle, keep your chin up and keep going. And, and the worst thing you can do is condemn yourself for not being able to, um, to, to seem to fit into this Christian way of doing things. Because I, I don't think God would um, want you to um, suffer emotionally because you feel like you're not doing a good enough job. So be encouraged. Um, life is in seasons and the next season might mean that it's a little bit easier for you to get through that kind of stuff. Same with if you've got studies or works demanding. Of course, it's important not to make excuses, but certainly not to beat yourself up about it as well. So um, the Bible is like a mirror and it shows us the condition of our heart at any given moment. And it leads us and guides us in truth. It protects us and it convicts us. It builds us up. It encourages us, um, encourages us to guard our heart um, as well. And we, we need to know his word and how to apply it, when to apply it, uh, and learn and understand not to take it out of context. So it's, it's vitally important for a Christian to succeed and to do well. You, we really need to know what God's word says, why it says it. And ultimately, it's not a checkbox exercise reading your Bible. And I know some of us make it like that. I've been like that. We're like, oh, I better go and do it. That's the, the whole essence of reading your Bible is spending time with God, getting to know him, getting to hear from him, getting to understand the plans and the calling that he has on your life. If we see it as a checkbox exercise where we must just keep up with our daily reading plan because you're maybe on one of these apps where people can see if you've missed a day, probably missing the point a little bit. God genuinely wants to use that time to speak to us. Um, he is a loving Father, and um, he, he, he wants us to, to learn and to grow in our relationship with Him. It's just like a small kid, you know, when I get home from work, my daughter throws herself on me, and she, she climbs up and puts her wee chin in here and her arms, and she starts patting my back. And this goes on for about five minutes. It is a golden, golden moment. But it's this perfect picture of how... God wants us to approach him um, and, and to spend time with him as well. It's, it's intimate and it's loving and it's caring. and it's, So the checkbook exercise thing is, is not going to do us any favors. God really thrives and, and wants us to spend that quality time because we want to know him better. So reading our Bible um, is the key to looking straight ahead, keeping our thoughts right and our focus right and not strain. If we're reading it regularly, if we're in 
you know, if we're building our faith up with the Word of God, when challenges come or temptation comes or anything, the, the Holy Spirit will speak to us. He'll raise things up like an alarm in our spirit that said, this isn't right, and we'll know how to deal with it better. I think most of my struggles and struggles come clearly when I go for periods without spending that time with God. And I don't know if any other or if you guys would agree or say the same as well. So um, the, the last point it says in Proverbs is don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So basically it's telling us to focus on a path of truth and holiness without turning left or right or back and looking and thinking about our past and um, things that we did or whatever that we might um, be having the temptation or wishing that we could still do some of that stuff. Um, perhaps if you're at school, that temptation may be that you want to fit in um, and your attitude might not line up with the godly character that we're expected to have. Um, and I know the pressures of being accepted and not being singled out is massive, but when you've got a deep faith and a confidence in God, that stuff probably doesn't matter too much. Um, I know some of our guys are going to university, some might already be there. Uh, we know that the culture of drinking and the things that go with it are there, the temptation and the peer pressure to fit in, and that's probably a real crucial moment in your faith when you've grown up in youth group and you've had the support and you come here every week and all of a sudden that is no longer there, um, and it can, it can be a, a challenging time um, for, for people at university. So um, there may also be some of us involved in things that are a little bit further down the faith, and um, we know that the world doesn't make things easy. Everywhere you turn, there's some inappropriate imaging, images. Um, you go on your phone, you look, there's adverts popping up. It could be the whole lot. We could be, have people dealing with gambling and alcohol and pornography and all these type of things. So what Proverbs is saying is don't get sidetracked by any of these things and keep your feet from following evil. Um, it may not be so drastic, it might be more subtle, but when we're in a relationship with God, we have to do things slightly different. We have to change some of our ways. So texting people i.e. other people's husbands or wives or partners, really is something that should change when you're a Christian. Um, affairs aren't always physical, but they can be emotional. And when we get caught up texting and somebody will uh, drop you a message and the PMs or the DMs start and all that kind of stuff, it can be a dangerous place to go. And the Proverbs is basically telling us down the line, just keep your feet on that path don't look left and right um, as well. Uh, if one of your ex's phones and they were just wondering how you were getting on, tell them just to keep wondering and hang up your phone. The devil's got a nice way of making things, um, wee distractions popping up here and there um, as well. So, um, yeah, just... Um, He'll try and disrupt and distract us from what God's got for us as well. Um, so, yeah, tell them to jog on because they missed their opportunity. Or if you want to be more graceful, just so you don't line up with God's calling for my life. And they'll probably look at you and have no idea what you mean. But <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, the heart, 
it's crucial in our faith to keep it right. And um, Jeremiah was sent out by God as a young man to the people of Israel and Judah to send out messages that, that seemed to, to be hard. They were hard messages. It was to um, almost a, a message of judgment of what was coming. Um, and I was reading through Jeremiah, and the one verse that stuck out for me was um, Jeremiah 2, verse 13, For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. So, do you remember what it was like when you first got saved? Do you remember that moment when everything changed and the, the, the light almost switched on and you realized that all, all of a sudden there was hope and uh, you know, the promise of the cross and everything was just like, do you remember being in that moment of just excitement and, uh, I don't know, just all of everything that was taking place? Your life literally changed before your eyes. Do you remember that moment? And you stay in that moment. It's very easy to, to stay in that place of God's presence and worship and seeking Him. And that's like being in the living water. But the, what can happen over time is it says that we can begin to make crack systems that can't hold. We start to try and look to other places for contentment. We start to look um, maybe through relationships or the, the chasing money or careers, um, and uh, we can develop idols. Now, there's, there's nothing wrong with any of those things as long as you're seeking God and it's within as well. It's when we push God to the side and we start chasing after all these things, such as striving for money or all of a sudden, you know, there's things pop up and they basically take God's place. People drop out of church, they stop um, pursuing God, they stop um, keeping in contact with other believers and uh, that, that's the danger. And so God sent Jeremiah out and said, guys, you've gave up me, the living water, and now you're depending on cracked cisterns. Uh, and I know it's easy for us it can be easy for us to get there. I've been there myself. I've admitted that at the start. Uh, and I really just wanted to, to use it and say it because if there's any of you guys out there that um, God's heart is for each one of us to be um, with him all the time. I heard a quote recently, I believe it was at Rock Nations, that said, how you perceive God is how you'll receive God. So if you see him as a judgmental, harsh, angry God waiting to strike you with a bolt of lightning, your relationship and your faith and your walk with God isn't going to go much further than that itself. However, if you see him for who he is, as a loving, graceful um, God who has his arms stretched out, who wants us to run to him daily, then your relationship with him will thrive and flourish. So he's using that illustration, that verse, um, to speak about his living water, where the goodness comes and how he blesses us and how he provides for us. Um, but too often we get a little bit this, um, sidetracked and um, we can veer a little bit away and start depending on our own strength. And that's when we get weary and tired. That's when we can find ourselves maybe becoming uh, guilty of the things that we mentioned uh, earlier on with the gossip, etc. Basically, our heart just hardens a little bit. Um, and what I'm hoping this morning does is to encourage you guys that if you found yourself straying into that area, that God is a loving Father, uh, His arms are stretched out wide right now for each one of us.
Um, his mercies are new every day, and he forgets our sins as soon as we confess uh, and repent genuinely. Um, does our band want to pop back up? We're just going to finish shortly um, as well. So, um, yeah, let me just finish reading that verse again. So, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked and keep your feet from following evil. Um, it might be one worth spending some time this week reading and just looking into it. It's not sometimes when I read Proverbs, I just fly through them, but when you stop and see what it's saying and, and it, how God's communicating through each sentence, it can certainly help us to overcome um, and to grow in our faith. Um, I just want to finish very quickly. Um, if the band just want to kick off, well, I really want us to finish on a high. Um, this message is not meant to condemn, it's meant to guide us and help us, but uh, and, and like I say, God is that loving Father, and, and uh, every Sunday is an opportunity for us to just reach out to Him and worship in prayer, and to um, you know spend that time, confess whatever, and and seek prayer as well, because you know life can be hard, and we go through battles and struggles um, from time to time. And as a church, we're here to support and to love and to encourage as well. Um, so I really just want to finish on this. Um, you can stand that guy, stretch your legs. We're just going to finish with some good worship. But you know when you, when you got saved, uh, it says in John 3 that the, the man asked, how do you get saved? And he, Jesus says to the guy, you need to be born again. And he said, but that is, it's impossible, obviously, to be born again twice, or to be born again, sorry. And Jesus then tells them that you have to be born in, a, in, in the spirit. Um, and I was watching a documentary. And did you know that you as a human being, for the nine months you were in your mother's womb, your heart didn't function properly or fully because it was unnecessary for it to do so. You actually had one valve open in your heart and it just, by, it just sent blood up and down in a, in a line around your body. The reason being is because you took oxygen from your mother, basically. So your oxygen was supplied, so your lungs had no need to function and therefore your heart had no need to be fully functioning um, as well. So there comes a point when baby stops depending on the mum for that oxygen. And in the first minute of its life, for the first minute of your life, you went from being fully dependent on your mother for oxygen to keep you alive, and in an instant your body had to take over and do it itself. Do you know what makes your, made your heart start beating and fully functioning on its own for the first time. Do you know what did that? Do you know what took place for your heart? When, the, when you came out your mother's womb, the light triggered that valve in your heart to close, and all of a sudden your lungs had to function, sending blood throughout your body, and your heart started to operate 100% on its own 
in that instance, and it was just light and air that made that process take place. Is that not one incredible thing to think about? In that one moment, fully dependent on mum for oxygen, and in that one moment of your eyes seeing light, your heart, that valve shut, and blood was sent and oxygen sent to your lungs. I mean, that is one incredible picture and image. And the Bible says to us that when we see the light, when we suddenly become aware of God's truth and the gospel message and the hope that he has for us, our heart becomes his. It's such a great picture to be born again, to think that you, in that moment of seeing light, your heart changed. And in a moment of seeing the light in the faith, your heart changes again to be born again. I can't think of a more exciting uh, picture, but I, I really want to put that out to you guys because maybe right now you haven't got a faith. Maybe right now you're not walking with Jesus. Maybe you've, you're here for the first time. And as a church, we really want to give you the opportunity to know him and to let him change your heart as he's did with many other people in here. It, it's, it's a gradual thing, but in a, in a moment our life can change. A 30-second prayer and our life can be changed forever. And we just want to give you that opportunity this morning um, as well. You know, each one of us is going to spend eternity somewhere. And God wants us to be with him for eternity. He wants us to be in his presence, in his glory, in the beauty of heaven where there's no pain, sickness, and suffering. For anyone who rejects Jesus Christ, it's, it's an eternity separated from him. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, a, it's a real daunting and message. But we want to give you the opportunity this morning. So maybe with every eyes, closed, heads bowed, is there anyone in here this morning that would like to either recommit their life to Jesus Christ or give your life to Jesus Christ this morning? If that's you, maybe you could just fire your hand up very quickly. We don't do anything to embarrass or pull people down. We just want to help uh, support, encourage, and cha um, champion you along in your faith. Um, this morning, is there anyone here who would, is in that place that wants to give their life? We always give this opportunity to know Jesus as our Savior. Amazing. Super, thanks. Well, let's just pray for these people. Lord God, we just um, come before you, Lord. We know that you are a good, good Father. Um, without um, you, Lord, we would be nothing, Father. And we have wandered life sometimes without you, and you give us this wonderful opportunity to know you, um, to come to you, to have our sin forgiven, and our lives changed in an instant. And we thank you, Father, for those who have raised their hands. We pray you would bless them and touch them, Father God, and, and begin to work wonders in them, Father. As their heart has now become yours, Father, you um, will change and lead and guide. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you've done. And we praise you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I think we should finish with some decent worship. We're well on time. So... Let's praise and give thanks to our Father. Amen.